is Gucci Laker fans. This is the very first episode of King Watch LA by Daniel Belts, presented by HoopsAndBrews.com. Um, shout out to the old podcast titled Zotime Podcast, RIP. Um, this is the very first episode since the end of last season when Magic quit and we were going through the Ramby. Took the summer off, had some uh, family things happen this summer, so I had to take care of that. But yeah, first episode since the summer, first episode since the trade, and we're rebranding. It's no longer known as Zotime. We had a very good run with the Zotime podcast, but since he's in New Orleans now, um, be weird to call it that name, so we re retitled it King Watch. Gonna be giving you guys this weekly, maybe even bi-weekly, coming up once the season starts, since we'll have a ton to talk about, since we have two of the greatest players in the league on our team this season, and before we get into any of that, just wanna, if you have some, part a little liquor for B.I., Zoe, and Hart. Those were the guys, that was the young core. It was a very fun, what, year and a half of kind of talking to you guys about them on this podcast. And yeah, that's that trade hit all of us probably in the feelings a little bit. Um, all of us Laker fans, especially me, were very much invested in each member of the Lakers young core. And now we only have, what, one left standing? Um, D'Lo's gone. Randall's gone, Nance is gone, Clarkson's gone, Zoe, B.I., Hart, hell, even Zubak, Wagner, Bonga, like, they're all gone. Like, everyone is elsewhere. Luckily, a lot of those players play on the same team. We have three in New Orleans, um, one in New York, a couple in Washington, two in Cleveland, one in the Lakers, which is Kuzma, and then you have D'Lo up in uh, Golden State, and... Yeah, it's kind of like the end of the era for the young core. Um, can't believe it was Kuzma was the one that lasted, and I'll have more on that uh, later on in the episode. But, yeah, I'm going to miss seeing Lonzo and Ingram ball up in a Lakers jersey. They were both our number two picks, and thought Lonzo was going to be the second best point guard to ever play in L.A., but that's no longer going to happen. Uh... We got Anthony fucking Davis, and as sad and kind of upset that we lost B.I. Zoe, Hart, Randall, D'Lo, Nance, Clarkson, and all of this, we got Anthony Davis. And as good as I think those, I, those guys are going to become, we have Anthony fucking Davis, who is, when healthy, when giving a shit, is top three player in the league, top four, maybe top two. Uh, we'll see what he does in L.A. Like, we legit have the top big in the league, and I'm not trying to disrespect uh, Jokic or Embiid, but we have Anthony fucking Davis, and he's going to flourish in L.A. Like, almost, you look in the history of big men outside of Hakeem, they're in L.A., like, the, the top of the top, the Kareem, Shaq, Wilt, Mike and Powell, like they all played in LA and now Anthony Davis gets to continue the legacy of great big men to play in LA like Kareem and Shaq they got statues Powell's gonna get his jersey retired in LA like if you're going to be a big man and you're going to win titles and contend for MVPs and want to further your brand want to further your basketball legacy LA is definitely the place to do it and that is probably why AD was so adamant to get the fuck out of New Orleans. Like, he realizes what's at stake. He realizes what's best for his basketball career, endorsement career, for basically everything. If you're a big guy, get to LA, and they will take care of you. Like, it's just, it's insanity. Like, I'm so damn excited that we have Anthony Davis on our team who is almost a human cheat code. I'll talk more about Anthony Davis and what it means and what he's going to bring to this team offensively, defensively, rim protector. And yeah, but it's funny how when he was in New Orleans before he wanted the trade, uh, the media fans outside of LA hyped up AD, did all of this. But now that he's in LA, it's players got to learn how to play around AD. Um, 
now all of a sudden he's injury prone when he's played basically as much games as Kawhi, but you don't hear injury prone for Kawhi. That's because he's not playing for the Lakers, he's playing for the Clippers. So for whatever reason, they wanted to make it seem like the Lakers gave up too much to get AD as well. And hey, if that's what it takes to get a top MVP caliber player on your team to match with LeBron, you do it. 10 times out of 10, you do it. Yes, down the line, there might be some uh, buyer's remorse if things go south. But if you have LeBron who's still top in the league and you want to win a title now, yes, waiting for those players to develop long-term, you might be able to compete for championships. But as of right now, you put AD on this team, we compete now. And the great GMs, the great teams, they don't wait, they just go. Like, if you have a chance to win it all now, you do it now. That's why, why do you think the Raptors traded for Kawhi and Danny Green? Because they realized they could compete now. Yes, Kawhi might leave like he did, but if you can get to the finals, anything can happen, which did. KD towards Achilles, Clay towards ACL, and guess what? They won the finals. Like, that's the risk you take. There are definite risks in trading for a superstar. But if you have another superstar to pair him with, you do it 10 times out of 10, and yeah. Very excited about the stages of Laker basketball. I thought last year we were going to make the playoffs. That was the first year where I thought we would lift the curse of not making it since Kobe Torres Achilles. But I'm almost 100% certain we make the playoffs this year unless we have the disastrous injury bug like we did last year. Um, we've got a lot to talk about today. We'll be having a lot more to talk about next week as well. Uh, media day is this Friday, uh, September 27th. Expect almost every media outlet to be there covering that. Um, it's going to be a big day. You get to see LeBron kind of answer questions about the results after his first season in L.A. You'll get to hear Anthony Davis kind of make some of his first public comments uh, about being a Laker after the trade, what it means for him and his basketball legacy, what it means for the present. You'll be able to hear Danny Green probably talk about winning a championship last year and what he can help to do to help us win it this year. Uh, you'll hear Kuzma talking about himself going to his third year, the improvements he's made both offensively and defensively. Hopefully we get a confirmation about what the hell's going on with his foot, ankle, lower leg injury, whatever the hell Mark Stein is reporting. Um, hopefully we get some clarification on that and what happened with Team USA and whatnot. And then you'll get to hear from uh, Vogel, everyone else might be getting kind of a clearer picture of who might be starting at the point guard position. I'll talk about that more later. And yeah, just NBA season is less than a month away to actually start. We have preseason coming up and the actual season starts October 22nd. So within 30 days, like what well, now it's like what 28, 27, we will have Lakers basketball and we play the Clippers opening night. We better fucking win that game since, uh, Paul George, I don't think will be ready, but yeah. Most of the current Laker players right now are in Vegas. Yeah. There was a Vegas Braun kind of like mini camp that LeBron was gonna host before the Lakers start their actual training camp preseason, yada da da. But it looks like most of them are there. We haven't gotten any like pictures of them in the gym together, but we saw most of them in attendance for the uh Las Vegas Aces game last night, and Bronin AD, Quinn Cook, THT were sitting courtside. Uh, Kuzma was sitting next to Draymond Green courtside. And yeah, so Dwight Howard was also in attendance. So it seems like most of the guys are in Vegas. We'll probably get more updates probably at the end of the day today and definitely tomorrow. And yeah, it's here. Like Lakers basketball is here the drought is going to end very soon and this is the first time since probably Shaq and Kobe well actually not probably this is the first time since Shaq and Kobe that the Lakers have two guys that can legit win MVP this season um if you look at the history of the Los Angeles Lakers you have you've had Shaq and Kobe who both won MVPs Magic Kareem who both won MVPs Jerry West Elgin Wilt both all three won MVPs um 
The Lakers normally will always put two players together that can win MVPs to compete for titles. Like this is what they do. They don't really homegrown it. They either A, trade for one like they did with the AD, like we tried to trade for AD. You sign one with like LeBron. You trade for to get Kobe. You sign Shaq. Uh, you draft Magic. You also trade for Kareem. So if you get one, they normally either trade or sign the other. That's what they do. They try to put top players next to top players and compete for titles. That's why we have 16 championships. That's why we've competed in the most finals. That's why if you look in the top 15, top 20 players of the NBA of all time, half of them are Lakers. Like We collect the best of the best. We pair all-timers next to all-timers, and we just go win the ship. And that is what we're going to do in the tenure of LeBron and Anthony Davis. And in a perfect world where we don't fuck up and give Dang and Mozgov those contracts in 2016, maybe we're able to still sign LeBron and you don't have to trade the whole team for a superstar. Maybe one of those superstars besides AD comes and joins, like where it's perfect cap flexibility perfect assets to get to maybe where you can even afford to trade for two of them, which the Lakers probably could have done if they didn't have to give up everyone to get rid of, or get rid of some assets to get Moscow, get rid of assets to get AD, um, stretch Dang's contract. Maybe if we don't put ourselves in financial hell, there is a way where you don't have to trade the entire thing and you can keep some of these pieces while adding these players. But again, if we did all of this maneuvering, trading, signing just to get Anthony Davis, basically we got KCP to probably tamper with LeBron. Uh, we get Anthony Davis who was very comfortable playing with Rondo. And that's a whole subject for another time. Like, we've... There's been some... What's it called? Like, foreshadowing of the moves we've tried to make. Because that's just... We're not the most, like, secretive team. Like, we kind of just let it be known and shit. Instead of... Kind of, like, illegally tampering like the Clippers just did. Like, other teams have done. We kind of state what we're going to do and we do it. That's what we do. We we want who we want and we normally get who we want to get. And all of the young guys were casualties. I've listed all of them. Kuz was the only one that survived the war. Like, And shout out Kyle Kuzma for being able to do that. He's definitely played well enough to stay while I think maybe I would have rather have kept Zoe or B.I. That's not a knock on Kuzma. I just think the world of those two players, I do think Kuzma is ready to be that third star. But why Kuzma was able to stay was because of salary reasons. If all three of those players just listed had the same salary, I don't think Kuzma survives. I think he's in New Orleans as well. But, like again, that's no shade on Kuzma. I just think Zoe and B.I. will be all-stars. And I think Kuzma has a very good chance to kind of be a fringe all-star where he's in the voting because he's already in the voting with Laker fans. I believe he was like top eight, top seven last year at his position for all-star voting. And I'm just very excited for his third season. There is a lot to kind of be hopeful for because he did make leaps in certain areas in year two, but he also took steps back. Like year one, he was a great three-point shooter. Last year, not so much. This year, you have Anthony Davis and LeBron James on the same fucking team. They're going to draw doubles. You're going to get wide open shots. Just knock them down. Especially if Danny Green's on one corner and you're on the other corner. Or even on the same side. Who are they going to cheat towards to try and collapse? Is it going to be DG where Kyle Kuzma gets a wide open three? We shall see. Um, in the few games Kuzma did play for Team USA this summer where they never lost when he was in the lineup where outside when he wasn't in the lineup. I believe they lost three times. They lost to Australia in the exhibition and they lost to Argentina and Spain. I think those are the three teams they lost to. I know they lost three times and they should have lost to Turkey without Kuzma when uh, what's his name? Jetty couldn't make a fucking free throw. But in the few games he did play for Team USA this summer, he looked a lot better. 
just because he was able to play within the team within the team structure and didn't try to do too much. And that might just be not playing in Luke Walton's system because Luke Walton's system was elementary. It was a shit show. He actually played with a organized structure to where he's able to do more things than just try and score all the time. He set up others. He was setting a lot of screens. He played team defense. He played team basketball. And it was good to see. Instead of, I do like when Kyle Kuzma goes on a scoring rampage, but you kind of have to be more than one-dimensional to play in today's NBA. And he was able to show that he's able to do more than one or two things for Team USA. He showed basically his entire repertoire. And I don't get why um, we showed his... We showed him, like some of our Laker um, photographers showed that he's trying to work on rebounding and whatnot, and a lot of people are like, oh, this is the Kuzma hype train, when they would comment on their own players doing the same thing and being excited for it. So it's a little strange the amount of uh, hate Kyle Kuzma gets. A lot of people think he's a manufactured star. This all came out recently. Um, they think that if he was playing in Charlotte, you wouldn't have heard from him, but then He'd probably get more touches, more shot selections. So who knows if he was playing in Charlotte? You, I, I think Kuzma was going to generate this type of buzz anywhere. It's just that summer of 2017 where he and Lonzo took over Summer League. That's what started this whole thing. That's what started Kuzmania. And then he's played pretty well in the league. So now it's, yeah. Um, for the Lakers to be successful, he's going to have to be a Lamar Odom type player where not necessarily his style of play, but the amount of minutes and the kind of taking a back seat to where he comes off the bench. And he's still going to play 30 plus minutes per night, but he's going to have to come off the bench if the Lakers want to beat teams. Because if you look at the second unit, there's no scoring anywhere. And that's not like our team, our GM, um, our front office put together a way better roster this season than they did last season. They got players to fill roles, but they don't really have scores off the bench. That's what they tried to do too much of last year, and it blew up in our faces. So Kuzma's going to have to kind of be that guy that runs the second unit because we just don't have the scores off the bench to do it. Um, He's definitely talented enough on offense for that challenge, but if he wanted to start, he's going to have to show that he can guard wings because we already have LeBron who can guard the 3 or 4, AD who can guard the 4 or 5, so, and AD stated he wants a center playing next to him, so then you have the 3, 4, and 5 position kind of like filled out. So I'm going to assume it'll be LeBron, AD, and JaVale. If he can guard twos, that's where it gets a little tricky because then you can kind of start him. And since AD can shoot and spread the floor, the offense would work. So if he's able to do that defensively, then we have like a possible way in which Kuzma can start. You take him out of the game early, so then when LeBron and AD both come out, you can put him back in to kind of run the second unit. So that's one of the ways where we need to stagger the lineups. So one of... Braun, AD, and Kuz is in at all times because we're going to need their scoring if we want this to work. And yeah, if they're all three going to close the games together, that's pretty much certain. Um, that's just who does it with them. I'm going to assume Danny Green is next to them as well. Then it gets tricky in the playoffs if AD's all set for playing the five. If we're able to sign Iggy if he's bought out because there's no way in hell we could trade for Iggy but if he does reach a buyout with the Grizzlies a closing lineup of Braun, AD, Kuz and Iggy is probably the scariest lineup outside of a healthy Clay, Steph, Dre and D'Lo and even then the front court advantage that the Lakers have might kind of like dictate where that series goes um now the mysterious foot leg injury whatever he has is weird but like i said um media day is friday so we're going to figure out what the hell is going on with that we have no idea what it is um jonathan gavoy or whoever does the draft express says that the 
foot leg injury was just a made-up excuse for Pop to cut um, Kuzma, so we didn't think he was actually injured. Mark Stein comes out saying Kuz is actually injured, so we have no idea what the hell's going on. We haven't heard a Lakers reporter comment on it yet. You had Kyle Kuzma saying, I guess the internet knows more about myself than I do, so we kind of really don't know what's going on. But like I said, Friday we'll figure it out more. Uh, training camps this weekend. We'll see if Kuz is on the court for that, if he's participating fully or just kind of so-so with it. Um, he's still been on the court shooting. We at least have seen that because if you've kept up with his haircuts and whatnot, you've seen him on the floor with his newest haircut. So, like I said, we definitely will get to the bottom of the story of whatever happened happened this summer with him in Australia with Team USA. And the Lakers do have this year and the next year to take advantage of Kuzma's team-friendly contract. Because um, I'm going to assume he's going to want a lot of money once his fourth year is up since he's been playing on a very cheap contract as of now. So... They've got this season and next season to take advantage of that, try and win the chip and go back to back, or just win one in the next two years, and then see where they can go from there. Do they re-sign Kuz? Do they go after someone else that AD wants to pair with? AKA Giannis is coming up that summer, so... There's a lot of dominoes that have to fall, or that can and will fall, It'll just be interesting to see which way the Lakers do go because then we're going to re-sign Anthony Davis this summer and who knows if LeBron's coming back in two, three years from now. So it'll be interesting to see how the Lakers maneuver the salary cap, their own contracts. It'll be interesting if interesting to see if Palinka's up for that challenge. And how Palinka showed this summer that, hey, like he's at least able to do some of this. He... He showed more than what I thought he was as a GM. So it was it's probably it was probably just a bad negotiation with the Pelicans that blew up in everyone's face because of how public it was. Um, not even just the Lakers side leaking get, the Pelican side leaking get, um, just multiple sides leaking certain stuff and that whole trade negotiation blew up. And it's the Lakers have been kind of quiet in the media since then. And since Magic left, so yeah, we'll see what their plan of action is going forward. But now it's time for some rapid questions from some of the listeners on Twitter. The homie Coach Carter, who always engages with uh, King Watch LA, I guess Zotime Podcast, whatever it's called now on Twitter, but he always engages with us and is a pretty avid NBA fan. And he wants to know about the guard play and who's going to step up. And that's a good question because basically I've spent the entire time talking about front court players like Kuzma, AD, Braun, and we did kind of trade our guards away. We traded Lonzo, Hart, and B.I. was listed as a um, backcourt player last year. And that's a good question because right now it's sort of a crapshoot. Um, if you look at the shooting guard position, that's kind of the one with more clarity. You're going to have Danny Green start, you're going to have KCP come off the bench, and you kind of know what the production you're getting from there. You With DG, he's going to knock down threes, play defense, uh, hit clutch shots in crucial times, and he doesn't take any bonehead shots. Unlike KCP, who plays like a bonehead until the Lakers are eliminated from the playoffs, and then once we're eliminated from the playoffs, he plays very well. If you can find some consistency where he plays well in the entire season, our two positions should be pretty decent because uh, at times he can play defense and knock down shots and slash and finish and transition but it's when he tries to do too much it's when he kind of gets in trouble and alongside Kuzma, AD and LeBron I don't think he should be trying to do too much just take whatever the defense gives you and keep the ball moving uh, which Danny Green does great you saw it in the playoffs last year there's a reason why Danny Green has played on championship teams, teams that go far, won championships. He knows his role, knocked down his shots, did it in college, did it in the NBA, and at least for that, the two guard, that's who's going to step up for his coach Carter. But if we go to the point guard position, that is 
the clusterfuck. We don't know. We don't know if Vogel's going to go with Rondo, who has chemistry with AD, and LeBron kind of vouches for him all the time. We don't know if we're going to go with the fan favorite, Alex Caruso, who has shown that he is ready for his role. He played well at the end of last season, and he does look like he belongs there, and he's definitely putting in the work. You see him at almost every Lakers video that they've put out there this summer, and Rondo is what he is. He's a assist-hunting point guard who is known more for his reputation as of now than his actual skill set, and it's going to be interesting to see what Rondo we get this year. Do you get the Rondo that played well in the um, 2017, I believe it was 2017, or maybe it was 2018, whatever playoffs he had with AD where they swept the Blazers. Are we getting that Rondo since he's back with AD? And um, Rondo was probably at his most productive playing next to AD after he left Boston because AD just, you throw it anywhere near the basket and AD's going to finish it. And that's how Rondo's going to get his assist. He seemed like he was also a more able defender next to Drew and maybe next to Danny Green, who's also known for defense. Maybe it brings out something as well in the backcourt. I don't know. And then Quinn Cook, we shall see. Uh, He stepped up in the playoffs last year for the Warriors for a couple games, had some high-scoring outbursts in the uh, playoffs as well. So I don't know. I'm more confident with the two-guard position than I am the point-guard position, and... That's where my homie Lonzo was going to play this year, and now that he's in NOLA, I have no idea what the hell they're going to do at the point guard position this season. Hopefully, figure it out. Um, There were talks of LeBron wanting to play point this year, and if Iggy's bought out, then I think we kind of either get Iggy or Bron at point guard, Uh, basically because Iggy can guard anyone, uh, one through probably four. Uh, Danny Green can guard two or three, so then you'd have flexibility and then that like I said that closing lineup of AD, Kuz, Braun, potentially Iggy and DG we're not losing a series if we get Iggy and I as long as everyone stays healthy um, I don't know hoops asks what it will take for Zoe to return to LA um, I think it'd be a fucking miracle I do not think Lonzo ever returns to LA um, mainly because if we got down to it, there there were bridges burned. Um, it seemed like Magic and Palinka told Lonzo and Lavar a lot of things. None of that happened, so it does feel like a lot of bridges were burned. I, I just I don't see it happening. Uh, although if Zoe takes a more involved approach in his own career, which it seems like he has, it seems like the year mentored by LeBron was worth it for Alonzo and he's kind of grown up by himself this summer you never know um, maybe the Lakers offer Jello a spot in South Bay maybe somehow they get lucky and they're able to draft LaMelo but it doesn't seem like that anymore since everyone's finally around to the idea that LaMelo Ball should be a top three pick which he should be talent wise um, like I said, maybe the right situation for Lonzo presents itself to come back in two years. Um, maybe Braun leaving or sticking out his neck to say, hey, like, Zoe, come back. We need a point guard. Where do you have me, myself, leaving? Maybe the Lakers are able to sign Giannis, someone else in that summer, and also bring Zoe back. And Zoe, I don't know, based off of the first few years, what his contract will look like when he hits restricted free agency, but I don't know, maybe it's like a perfect storm where the cards present themselves for Alonzo to return. And the only reason why I'm saying it's even somewhat possible is I never thought Dwight Howard would be back in LA. Um, I thought that was, we had the what, stay D12, he left, the whole him versus Kobe, him versus D'Antoni, him versus LA fans, and just never thought Dwight would come back and now he's here trying to help us win a championship this season so yeah um and uh rando also asked about the point guard position and i think i clarified that in the question that coach carter also asked but i do think caruso is going to 
start at the end of the year. I think Rondo probably starts in the beginning of the year. And based off of how they both perform and whether Iggy's bought out or not, or whatever trades the Lakers can make at the deadline, that's probably what it's going to look like. Uh, Caruso, Rondo, or Quinn Cook asserts himself and makes Rondo unplayable. And yeah, that wraps up the fan question portion of this podcast. And now we're going to talk about probably the two main players on the team for the rest of this time. And that's LeBron's revenge season is coming to LA. Um, A lot of people threw shots at LeBron from January until now with how he's carried himself, with his camp leaking the AD trade, with um, him missing the playoffs, with him saying it's, playoff mode activated and them not making the playoffs uh, using the groin injury as an excuse and uh, it came from all sides it came from Braun fans Laker fans Laker haters Braun haters media members it came from all sides so I do believe he will enter his 17th season in LA with a chip on his shoulder like didn't make the playoffs last year Probably for the first time since his, what, second season in, in the NBA. Didn't make a first or second All-NBA team. I don't know the last time that happened for LeBron. Probably somewhere similar towards that. Um, which is crazy. It's weird to think of LeBron last year averaging 27-7-7 and only making the third team. Whether it be injuries, whether it be the Lakers' lack of success, that's why he made the third team. Um He's also had the longest layoff from basketball since his first or second season, so he might be rested this season. Hopefully he's rested. Hopefully the groin's 100% all the way healed up. But yeah, we will see once he starts the season on October 22nd what he still has left in the tank, if everything's all healed up, and what kind of role he's going to present himself this season. Um, he said that he wants to play more like Magic Johnson than himself in the previous seasons, and he kind of wants to defer to Anthony Davis being the number one guy. And that's pretty cool to think since it worked out well with Magic Johnson and Kareem. Hopefully that works out with LeBron and Anthony Davis. Hopefully that there's a um, pairing like that and That'll just be dope to see LeBron kind of take a step back scoring-wise, but dish out more assists, play more, play kind of like in the in the past couple of years where LeBron's taking the initiative offensively. Offensively, his defense has kind of suffered. Maybe since he's able to take a step back now on offense, that he kind of picks it up more on defense because he wasn't great last year on defense, and he wasn't terrible. He was good we are going to need LeBron to be a big time perimeter defender since we lost our defenders in the trade for AD AD can guard multiple positions but we trade three of our best defenders for one player so we're going to need someone else to step up on defense maybe that's Kuzma like I mentioned earlier but we're going to need LeBron to be a more all-around player this year with his intensity on both sides of the ball defense offense and like he said if ad is going to be the number one guy maybe that preserves his energy we're probably going to have his minutes be down in the regular season and then kind of build him back up closer to the playoffs and during playoff time and it's full magic brawn time um again he's heard a lot of hate from a lot of sides this summer and he kind of probably wants to quiet the noise and he's ready to silence the noise Winning number 17 for the Lakers and LeBron's 17th year while dropping his 17th shoe would be a fucking dope movie to write. Like a dope chapter in the novel that is LeBron James. He's one of the greatest players of all time. He showed last year that he still has most of his repertoire, most of his agility. Um, After the groin, it looked shaky, but he was still able to produce at a high rate after the groin injury. Now he's healthy. He has Anthony Davis, his sidekick, or maybe he becomes sidekick to AD. He's ready to kind of lead 
the charge of the next championship-winning Lakers basketball team. And for LeBron to be aware to, like, hey, let's make this 80s team, this is just another sign of, like, LeBron's unselfishness, LeBron's team-first mentality. And that's just cool as shit to see, like, hey, I'm LeBron fucking James, one of the GOATs, and I'm ready to help lead. How am I going to lead? I'm going to make AD the number one option. I'm going to set him up. I'm going to do everything in my can to make him look good while making myself look good and making the Lakers look good, bringing in banner number 17. It seems like LeBron is also embracing Lakers history. Um, a lot of that shit that he's posted on Instagram, it might be fan service. It might be wanting to get all the Lakers fans hyped for the upcoming season. And it also could be actual like truths. Like he's with the shit. Like the picture he posted with Kobe's numbers in the background, like that shit was fucking dope. Like that was for me as a lifelong Kobe fan, lifelong Laker fan. That was one of the coolest like photos I've seen in a while. Like it's just so well done. It's awesome as hell to see. And you can kind of see like LeBron taking Anthony Davis under his wing with the clutch sports, with the shop, with Space Jam 2, and you can kind of see like him like, hey, like, yo, AD, if we're going to win, you've got to be the guy. Like, talent-wise, AD is probably one of the top two, top three talented, most talented players in the league right now. And LeBron realizes that. He's also young as hell and can play 37 to 40 minutes per game like that. And so it's going to be cool to see just LeBron kind of be like the floor general team leader and have someone to defer to. Like last year, the young guys who could step up in spots at times weren't able to do it consistently. Like I wish Zoe, Ingram, and Kuzma were able to do it consistently last year. Now LeBron has someone that's going to be able to do it consistently. So it's just... It's going to be fun as hell to see LeBron throw lobs to AD, LeBron throw lobs to Kuzma, LeBron lock up PG or Kawhi in the playoffs, because he's heard a lot of noise about how he can't defend, how he can't score on them as well, how Kawhi is the LeBron stopper and whatnot. So, like I said, there's just been a lot of shit talking coming towards LeBron media-wise, other fan-wise, and... They definitely don't want to see LeBron get his fourth championship in LA. Um, there will be topics on who wins MVP, who wins finals MVP, but at this point, I don't think LeBron cares. I just think he's set on winning his fourth because people think he just came to LA to make movies. It's. I think he's ready to send a message to the rest of the league that, hey, he's still LeBron fucking James. He can still drop 30, 10, and 10 on any team on any given night and I think he's ready to kind of get back to the he's never going to be the defender that he was in Miami but while he why he was able to defend so much in Miami is because you had Chris Bosh you had Dwayne Wade who could take over at any given time like Miami was when the IQ met the athletic prime of LeBron and he was just a fucking defensive defensive monster now you have AD who can take over anytime. If Kuzma is able to take over consistently on offense as well, you're going to see LeBron's needing to carry on offense. Like he won't have to waste as much effort on that side of the ball, and he's able to kind of preserve it to pick up at half court and just dominate you defensively because we've seen him do that. And. He was able to do that in the playoffs uh, when he had Kyrie because Kyrie could, could take over and score the ball like a crazy person. And so now that he has some co-pilots ready to fucking steer the ship and get it to the ship, it's going to be a very interesting thing. Um, if all that happens, I do think LeBron could very, very, very much well average a triple double i do think he's going to get over 10 plus assists this season because he might not be our de facto starting point guard but he will always probably 
control the ball until the day he retires. But now it's instead of, I don't want to see Anthony Davis become a spot-up three-point shooter like Kevin Love or Bosch turned into. I do think LeBron is, will be able to set up AD more for easy baskets that will count as assists, like lobs, um, pick and rolls where AD rolls and finishes either a pick and pop with a jumper or rolls to the basket. AD can do both. Um, Laker Nation is ready to embrace their next champion. They're ready to embrace their next GOAT. They're ready to shout his name at the next championship parade and all signs point to LeBron and AD being those two guys. And that's pretty much the Bron portion of this podcast. This is the King Watch LA. This is going to be heavily, almost probably every episode, we'll talk about three every single time. It'll be probably Kuzma, AD, LeBron. This is Those are our three guys. Those are our two automatic all-stars, Bron and AD, and maybe future all-star Kyle Kuzma later down in the road. And now let's get to the guy that's wearing number three this season, the guy that sparked a lot of excitement coming to L.A. because he's the star that joined Braun in L.A. He probably made it very clear that he wants to be in L.A. He wants that pressure. He wants that spotlight. With other guys that don't come to L.A., like outside of Kawhi, don't know if they wanted that pressure. Don't know if they... Because in L.A., it's championship or bust. We don't care. Any season you don't win a ring is unsuccessful. We don't care about playoff appearances. We just care about championship rings. We're not Portland. We're not Utah. We're not um, Brooklyn. We're not Philly. We're not all these other places where, like, OKC or whatnot. Like, oh, like, oh, we've made the playoffs 10 straight years. What have the Lakers done? I'm like, we've still won a championship this decade. You guys have won zero. So for keeping tabs, like we're not those fans. Like we don't boost you up for like, oh, he's made the playoffs twelve times in a row. It's we just care about how many win how many rings did you win? And that's because we're spoiled Laker fans. We've seen Kobe Shaq Pow. Our parents have seen Magic and Kareem. They saw Mike and Wilt, Jerry, Elgin. So like we've as fans have been spoiled to whereas you look at the Celtics they since the, the 80s they've what won once it's like they're not spoiled there's not another franchise in the NBA where it's rings 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 so this is what 80s brought back last year we thought playoff possibility with LeBron and the young kids now that Anthony Davis is in LA, we're thinking championship. This is the kind of boost that AD brings to a team. He's a fucking human cheat code. I don't know if you guys like myself have watched a lot of his highlight tapes. It's it's crazy how athletic, how skilled, how agile, and how he's just a freak of nature. Like I've I've watched a lot of basketball, and for his size. He's unfair. He does a lot of things he shouldn't be able to do. Um, he might not be the Shaq type where he just physically dominates you, but skills-wise, he could dominate anyone on any given night. Um, how he dribbles, pulling up at that size, being able to knock down the three at that size, being able to roll to the rim and finish like that, being a ball hawk on defense, being able to guard positions one through five, basically. It's... It's crazy. Like, it's crazy how skilled this guy is. And um, when when he's engaged, if you just, if you forget him trying to force his way to LA last season, look at the rest of his tape. But in the playoffs, he lost to what? The, the Warriors, which everyone else did during that time. So if you're going to hold. If you're going to boost up others for losing to the Warriors, then do the same for AD. Um, he was a monster in every series he faced versus the Warriors. I believe he averaged like 30 and 10 in his first playoffs ever. If you look at the series versus the Blazers, I've Drew Holiday dominated the guard position, but I've 
Anthony Davis is insane. You throw it up towards the basket, he's finishing it. You lay it up near AD, he's swatting that shit. He's able to, he wouldn't, that series, he was able to guard CJ or Dame off a switch. Like, it was, that's just crazy. Dame is one of the hardest players in the league to guard. And he was able to handle that shit. And, like, my bold prediction for Anthony Davis, and I don't know how many others are rolling with it, but I believe Anthony Davis has, well, he does have a chance to be finals MVP and MVP this year. I think he does it. I think with the Lakers missing the playoffs last year and only getting to, what, 37 wins, if he helps us get to 50 plus, 55 plus wins, I think it's a wrap. I think it's definite MVP season for him because he's going to average ridiculous numbers being in LA, playing next to Braun, who will make it AD. This will be the easiest season AD has had scoring wise. Like you're next to LeBron, you're next to this team that they put together, at least starters wise, it fits. Last year, don't know if it totally fit, but Kuzma had his best season next to LeBron. Ingram, it took a little time for Ingram to kind of like mesh with LeBron, but Ingram got it going in that like stretch where LeBron is also next to him. Um, there were times where Lonzo played his best basketball with LeBron, like that Hornets game. Um, so the possibilities of AD's best season are there because you have two floor spacers, which is Danny Green on one side or at the two guard. And if Kuzma's able to get to rookie year season from three averages, you have two floor spacers next to AD. You also have LeBron who will garner a double once he's rolling to the rim. Like it's, there's a chance that he has his most efficient season, true shooting, whatever you guys follow. Like, it's exciting as hell to just kind of envision. Like, I don't want to know. Like, I could honestly see 29, 15, and 5. Maybe even higher than 29. Like, this is at all-time efficiency for him and monster defensive numbers. I can see that happening with Anthony Davis. Like, this is the kind of player I think he is, the kind of standard that he's going to need to reach for us to be what we want to reach. And not only do I think he wins MVP and finals MVP this summer, I also think he's going to get a gold in the Olympics in 2020. And the list for MVPs that won a championship that also won a finals MVP and an Olympics, I don't have the stat ready, but I know the list isn't that long. He has a chance to enter that. I might be buying fool's gold. I might be overly hyped about this season, but this is the limits, the ceilings. I can see Dwight Howard, not Dwight Howard, Jesus Christ. I'm thinking of Tuscan Leather with Drake. Um, since nothing with the same came out yesterday, but AD reaches. Like I think AD can do all of this. He can be the dominant big guy that the Lakers always have when they're winning titles. Michael, or not Michael, Mike and Wilt, Kareem, Shaq, Powell, like, those were the guys. That's the gold standard. AD definitely has a chance to be in that gold standard. Like, look up in the rafters. Like, one day just walk into the arena the way, like, we walk into it. You see Shaq, Kareem. Like, you see the guys that you're supposed to live up to. Like, that shit would give anyone goosebumps. If AD is able to live up to that, you do that trade 10 times out of 10 and don't complain about that trade. Be the dominant force that sent Dame and CJ home. Make the blogger boys respect your impact. Like, AD has a chance to do all of this shit in LA. And he gets to do it next to LeBron and hopefully win us titles, win him more titles, get his first. And listen, the West is probably as balanced as it's going to get. Like, there's not a collection of talent just on one team in the West. It's spread out. You have the Blazers who have Dame and CJ. Uh, the Warriors who have Steph, Curry, Dre, D'Lo. Clippers who have um, PG and Kawhi. The Thunder don't have anyone anymore. The Rockets have Westbrook and Harden. Like, it's going to be a bloodbath in the playoffs. Like, it's. Then you have the 
um, Nuggets who their players are going to get better. Um, the Jazz who put together a crazy team with Conley, Mitchell, Gobert, Bogdanovich, and I believe they still have Eagles. Like the West is spread out. Like there's talent from fucking top to bottom in the West. Like didn't even have the upstart Kings. You have so you have the Spurs who a lot of people forget about. Like the West is going to be a bloodbath. But I think AD is ready for the fucking challenge. I we want to talk about LeBron getting shots thrown at him. AD got a lot of shit for basically saying, "Get me to LA." Like he didn't come out and say it. Uh, Rich Paul and Clutch basically came out and said it, but it was clear that it was clear that AD wanted to end up as a Laker. And once that became kind of public knowledge, and their um, owner kind of like saying, "I won't trade AD to the Lakers over my dead body," like there was a lot of shit talking. There's the that's all folks, that's a hall folks. You heard um, was it Windhorst? There was someone saying that. It's hard to play next to AD. It'll take time to learn kind of how to adapt to him, but I'm like, okay, you can if you're gonna say that about AD, say that about every other player. Don't just say it about a guy that ended up on a team you probably don't like covering. Like it's it's okay. Like there are there's a Laker bias out there, and it's okay to admit the sooner you are to admitting that that's what it is, it's okay. Like. Listen, we're all fans. Like, I have a distorted view about the Celtics because I just don't fuck with the Celtics, like, I, at all. So my takes, my uh, rationale regarding Celtics basketball won't be the same as someone that doesn't hate the Celtics. And if you're able to admit your biases and at least admit where you're coming from, that's cool because I'm going to assume everyone that talks about the NBA is a fan of a team. Like, it's... Like, there's that dumbass um, jazz writer who's a Nick fan who uh, was the one that called Kobe a B-list shooting guard. He also did something else very stupid last week in which, oh, it was, what, the Lakers hope, or Royce O'Neal being, like, a possible target for, like, a buyout or whatever, and then he... Very fucking weird person. He gets into argument with Laker fans and he deletes all of his tweets after. So it's just a weird thing, but that's, we got way off topic, but like I said, the West is balanced and all those players I listed aren't like big guys that should be able to stop Anthony Davis. You should be able to beast on Jokic on the offensive side of the ball. Um, Hopefully by now, you're able to figure out what like Draymond Green does against you to kind of slow you down. But outside of that, listen, there's no one across the hall in Staples that should be able to stop you. Not Zubak, not Montrez, not anyone that they have. Um, you look at the Blazers. No, like Whites, get Whites out of the game in like 10 minutes. Kings, no. Um, who else is it? The Rockets, <laughs> no. Like Capel, like no. So there should be no one in the West that should be able to stop you from doing what needs to be done, AD. Like, the time is now. Go win that shit. It is time to set the NBA world on fire and bring back the Larry O'Brien to its rightful place, which is in LA. It's You see the banners that the Clippers try to cover up. You see, when you walk into the practice facility, you see the titles just chilling. You see the banners hanging. You see the numbers retired in the practice facility, which is a beautiful practice facility. So you see the history and you see the present when you look at yourself and LeBron and Kuzma and Danny Green and KCP and JaVale. It's time. Because if you are able to help the Lakers win their 17th, which ties us with Boston, you've seen what a championship in LA does for your legacy-wise. You've seen what it did for Shaq, what it did for Kobe, what it did for Powell, what it did for Magic and Kareem. When you win in LA, your legacy boost is probably by a thousand because of how many Laker fans are in the world, how much we care about the product, how much we care about like just having 
champions to celebrate. You win a championship in LA, the fans will call your name for the next 30 fucking years. Like, this is the opportunity that you have, and you have a chance to do it next to LeBron James, who is a GOAT. So, average 30, 15, and 5, and just set the world on fucking fire. Um, but yeah, that's about it. My prediction for the season is I do think the Lakers are NBA champions. Um, I, I just don't see... And again, I'm looking at all of this through Laker cutter glasses. I, you will hear Clipper, Clipper fans say something else. You'll hear Warrior fans say something else. You'll hear Rocket fans say something else. You'll hear Nuggets fans say something else. Um, this is... At least since Kobe had an Achilles, this is our best chance to win a championship. And hopefully we do. I do think we're going to win. Um, it's not going to be an easy season. It's the playoffs, when we win it, it, there won't be a sweep. There probably won't even be a five-game series. It'll all be six or seven in the West because that's how deep the West is. I don't think people realize how deep the West is, but it's going to be a bloodbath. And... I think AD is the perfect player to be next to LeBron to kind of embrace that challenge. Um, and this is, I don't think he's the most talent. I don't think he's the best player that LeBron's ever played with yet. But once his career is said and done, I do think Anthony Davis will be the best player that LeBron's ever played with. Right now it's Dwayne Wade. Um, obviously, Dwayne Wade is... Top three shooting guard of all time, top 20, 25 NBA player of all time. That's the future that I think Anthony Davis can have in LA. Uh, we saw Dwayne Wade win a championship by himself without LeBron, then we saw him win two with LeBron. Uh, I think AD is able to win one or two with LeBron and then win some after LeBron. So, And I don't think it's crazy to say Anthony Davis might be the most skilled player that LeBron's ever played with. It's just as of right now, he's not the best. That will all that'll be Dwayne Wade until AD passes him. But skill-wise, there's not a thing on the floor that Anthony Davis can't do. And for me, we've watched Laker, Lakers have uh, Laker players have limitations, like outside of the goats. Like we saw Lonzo kind of struggle to create offensively for himself and shoot from the free throw line. We saw Brandon Ingram struggle to shoot from three and stay engaged defensively the entire time. We saw Kuzma struggle on defense and with a shot last season from three. Now we get a player that, if you look at Anthony Davis in his game, I don't see many holes. Like, and that's just crazy to admit, crazy to stay, uh, crazy to say. Like Anthony Davis might be the most complete player in the game today. Um, because at his size, like what he's able to do with the ball, like you shouldn't at that size be able to do dribble moves into a pull-up jumper and splash. You shouldn't be able to get from the top of the key to the rack like that as a seven-footer with someone in front of you. But that is what AD can do. Um, the only one comparable right now at that size is Giannis, but Giannis can't pull up and shoot like Anthony Davis can. Teams let Giannis shoot. Teams don't let AD shoot because AD can shoot from 18 to 22 and make it splash. So this is this is why I think AD can be the player that puts us over the top. The player to where Braun kind of says, "Hey, I," and I'm not saying that like getting carried, but say, "Hey, carry us to the chip. Like this is your time to shine. This is you." Because LeBron will say, "I'm gonna do what I need to do," but in order for us to win, I need a co-pilot, and you need to be that. And that's what I think AD is going to be in his first season in L.A. Like Kawhi winning it in his first year in Toronto, I think AD wins it his first year in L.A. And that is it for King Watch L.A. by Daniel Belts, presented by, presented by hoopsandbrews.com. Make sure you follow along on the uh, Twitter page. Hit me with comments about this episode, questions about this episode, or questions you want to hear on further podcasts. Uh, back to giving you this weekly um very excited about the state of lakers basketball and ready to embrace 
another champion ready to set Twitter on fire with a bunch of shit talking because we've, Laker fans, for the past six, seven years, we've been the laughing stock. We've been the butt of the joke, and I'm kind of just ready for us to not be that and kind of talk that talk while the team produces. So until the next time we speak, have fun watching the uh, media day on Friday. I'll be getting the updates just as you guys do on your phone on Twitter from all of the Lakers uh, beat writers and whatnot. And yeah, I'll chat with you guys next week. See you.